Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Adam Ventura's back. Uh, Adam's been here before, episode number four, back in 2018, where we talked about his uh, his early days, like we usually do with, with all the podcasts. Um, he was here for episode four. 45 and 46, which was the Bass Players Roundtable that we did back in 2019. And he was also here for episode 100 when we did the Jacko Pistorius uh, Spotlight podcast. And that was 2020. And that was a bit of a break between some COVID lockdowns. And we, we got to hang out at uh, Lazy Bones, which was really cool. Anyway, Adam's back. He's had a massive couple of years. Um, of course, he's got his band, uh, Ayobi. Um, there's Third Eye, Lazy Cat, the work he's done with Karen Lee Andrews and, and Declan Kelly. But I, I, I guess the the big thing for Adam over these last couple of years is he was asked to join Midnight Oil after the, the great Bones Hillman passed away. So um, anyway, I'm not going to waffle on. Adam's the man. He's one of my favorite people. Check it out. This is episode 137. Adam Ventura returns. I think we're rolling. Having me back. Sweet, man. We're in the same spot we recorded episode number four. Back in 2018. Was it 18? 18, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Solid. My gear's a bit better. It is. That time I just had that little the little Zoom H4N <laughs> little thing in the room and you hear the cars going past and no. just talking about your, your dog that came in yeah, and that's out. That's right, you know. right. Yeah, man. Um, it's good to be back in Marrickville too. I was here, I was here on Sunday oh, yeah? for well, the... Inner West Drum Fest, which was oh, on. Oh, yeah, at, right. Uh, with Tully great, and Gordo. Fucking awesome, man. What yeah. a great day. Oh, man, that would have been good. I wish I was around. Yeah. Um, do bass players have that sort of? Sort <laughs> um, of <thing>? <laughs> <laughs> when they're organised, maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't done anything like that. I'd, yeah. You know, that'd be cool. I'd, you know, yeah. I'd be up for something like that. Yeah. Um, drummers are a different breed, as you well know, Stevie. <laughs> um, they're definitely... They're definitely a uh, a more sharing, uh, sharing and kind of chatty bunch than the bass players are. I feel like drummers, you know, they're kind of they're kind of like, and there's heaps of stuff to talk about. You guys got like all your bits and pieces and your cymbals and your <laughs> sticks and you know, like and all the different things and snares, you know, like and all the. It's funny you say that because I was talking to. <laughs> we don't. We just got the four strings in there. I, I was was chatting with Matt McMahon and and Steve Hunter because mm. it was that's who Gordo played with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Steve said the same thing. Yeah, right. He said, you know, if you like a bass player's hang, you'll talk about the guitar, the amp, maybe the strings. <laughs> And then that's about it. Yeah. But, you know, we've got symbols and different depths and diameters and yeah, yeah. heads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. No, no, yeah. And you're much more animated about it. Like, we, you know, like I won't even really go there with the bass player about that stuff most of the time. Like, right. you know, it's, it's only probably only a couple of bass players that I would probably go into a full gear nerd yeah, yeah. moment with. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not really that much of a gear nerd. I mean, yeah. not that you can tell from my room, but uh, but you know, like it's you know, like drummers are just better at that, and guitarists are. They've got a lot. They've got all their bits and pieces too that they kind of you know are concerned with and can chat about and you know. But they're a little bit more competitive. But I find drummers just to be. I love drummers because I, obviously I love drummers, but I love drummers because you guys a lot. You just kind of get on, and it, you could be from. We could be worlds apart, drum wise, but for the most part, you'll be able to sort of get on and have a yarn and yeah, appreciate yeah. each other's strengths and talents you know like if you see each other play and stuff yeah. i've noticed that in my time you know i'm a wannabe drummer myself so you know like i wish i could play wish well, i had I the reckon, coordination i reckon you could <laughs> <laughs> i really do that fall in coordination thing is just not me man i can barely put one foot in front of the other yeah. <laughs> um you're just talking about you know guitarists with their gear um and you mentioned tully hmm? tully did a set he did he closed out the show um with two of the guys from God Tet. Yeah, with um with Jan. Yep, Jan the bass player uh, and, and who played with, who else played with him? The keys player? Um or the guitarist. Is it is it Rodriguez? Yeah, Dave Rodriguez. Dave Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he was a guitarist, right? Yeah. And talk about pedals. Yeah, oh, no, the synth the... was a synth thing. Yeah, he's got an amazing Unbelievable. And I and yeah. I was sitting off I uh, standing off side of stage, so and he had his back to me, so I was Watching him, he would he kind of built the set, you know. Like yeah. he would go down and 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 Tully would be sort of noodling on something. Yeah, and um, Jan would have his sort of his his air up to the bass to try and get a vibration before he actually turned the yeah yeah to get the key. to try and get yeah yeah, and then um, sorry, what was the guitarist player's name again? Dave Dave, Dave Rodriguez. So, so Dave would get this little sort of. Feedback loop thing going, yeah, man. And then Tully's bang, he's into it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fucking, it's a real, fabulous. It's, to a, it's a, it's a really cool thing. They're, they're amazing musicians. I totally love that band. It's they're awesome. Yeah. But Tully, I've done a lot of playing with Tully. I've actually yeah. done a bunch of playing with Dave as well. Okay. And they're all just amazing musicians. You know, really creative, like, and sort of searching for new sounds. Yeah. You know, always into finding new sounds. Tully's always sort of doing weird. Holding things in a weird way yep, or yep, throwing yep. weird, you know, I love that kind of yep. experimentation, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave's very much like that. I, I've never seen a, a pedal rig like that, you yep. know, in my life. So yeah. that's phenomenal. And uh, the way he runs it is just like this beautiful kind of instrument that just fills the sound space, you know, with this incredible, uh, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. It was something else. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it. I really wish I'd seen it now. Um, and so Tully just used the house kit there. Of course he did. And just put towels over all the drums. So deaden everything up. <laughs> right. Um, and he, you know, he had like a, you know, the, the big fat snare sort of muffle thing that he would put on the snare drum every now and then and yeah. change between sticks and brushes and mallets. And it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's the first time I've, I'd ever seen Tully play. Yeah. Been meaning to see him for years. No, no, oh, really? Knowing oh, about him. No, he's an amazing musician. Yeah. Absolutely the bomb. Mm. Totally, we do. We, we you know we do. We have done in the past. We've done a bunch of playing with him, and you know always sort of look forward to the next time. Yeah, you know, every time we do something. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like I said, Gordo played with Matt McMahon and Steve Hunter's Steve, had yeah. their trio. Yeah, and John gotten to see that trio many times. Yep, up in, up in my local there. Yep, yep. At Lazy Bones, um, they got the yeah they got their regular Tuesday yeah, or something. third Tuesday of the month they do. Yep, for years now. Yep. 
Um, and they're a phenomenal trio yeah. as well. Chris Ellison. Do you know Chris Ellison? Oh, yeah. He's a drummer, plays for Pliny. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so right. he he was he was second up, so he played played along because um, – have you heard of Pliny, the guitar player? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. It's just a oh, – I don't know how you would – kind of a more melodic sort of animal with leaders type sort of right. guitar player. Okay, right. I'm not sure how you'd explain it. Yeah, right. But it's all a lot of odd time. Stuff. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. And yeah, so Chris played a bunch of sh- a bunch of songs um from Pliny and then the other the the, the um first performance was um Holly Connor. No. She's a drummer. Yeah, all right, cool. She was great. Yeah, yeah right. awesome. Yeah, really melodic and she played she had some tracks programmed into her SB SBD and yeah, right. played along to that. It was yeah, it was a top day. Cool. Yeah, bass yeah. players definitely don't do that sort of stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> they like, it's like, no, they do. They, there is the odd thing that happens here and there. Yeah. And, you know, but, yeah, I, I haven't done one myself. You know, right, like, right. You know, I'd love to one day. That'd be cool. Yeah, awesome. So there's something to prepare for and, you know, it's a, um, it's a nice thing when you get together with sort of people of your instrument and share. Yeah, yeah. Share talents we, and share your vibe and, you know, like, you know, they, it sounds like all those players are people that are well-known amongst the whole sort of scene and yeah. got a, you know, it's good good to have like a, a place where, you know, you can go and do yeah. drum stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? At least I guess we did it in a way with those, we did that Bass Players Roundtable. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Jacko podcast. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I mean. We, I love that. We I weren't lo- playing, it was just. No, but I love that because I, I love. Just sort of sharing, sharing with the bass brethren as well, and sort of you know having you direct us into, you know, certain areas where we might, you know, like I would bump into those guys around the traps here and there, mm. which bass players don't often bump into each other. So right, it's not it's just a thing you barely see the other the other bass players yeah. until you, there's some something that happens and you're all together. Yeah, but you know you were sort of guiding us through. Some very cool yarns. It was nice it to was, hear. You know, the, you know, we, we we bumped into each other just on and like out out and about. We would have never have talked about those things probably. You know, so, but we did. We did because we felt comfortable with you, Stevie. That's right. that's <laughs> Thank exactly, you, man. That's right. So, I, hang on. I was going to show you these sound pads. Hang on. I'm trying to find the laughing one because then I can tell a joke. <laughs> right. Anyway, I don't. I'll I'll show you the pads anyway. Yeah. This is number one. Oh, hang on. <laughs> this is a comedy club. <laughs> right. I'll do a bit of you for you. Thanks for coming. Thanks no worries. That's very good. And, um. Oh, wow. Now, oh, yeah. time, for- <laughs> time for the Gig Lab podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's that's all the preset stuff. So I, I I don't know. I've never, I haven't really thought about putting other stuff on. I don't know. No, well, they seem to be quite cool. They're quite know? cool anyway, they're aren't quite, they? Yeah, if yeah. they're used in exactly the right moment, then it could that's, be like. That's it. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. What about you, man? So, you, I mean, you, when I said that I was at this thing on Sunday, you said you went in town. So what, what, yeah. what have you been doing? Um, I have had quite a um, quite a ride in the last couple of years, as yep. everybody has. Um, but I sort of had a few amazing things happen. But the, the gig I did um, on Sunday was um, called First and Forever. A celebration of black excellence, and it was probably one of the, um, lar- the one of, a festival with basically one of the largest indigenous lineups 
um, that I've ever seen as far as I can tell. I don't think there's been anything like this festival. Mm. And I was in the house band and we backed a whole pile of artists, really awesome artists, like literally everyone was incredible, um, like Emma Donovan and um, it was Tasman Keith and um, a young uh, woman from, I think she's from Western Australia called Psycho and Christina Nu and um, also a couple of amazing um, hip-hop groups, um, Birds and um, JK47 and Kobe D and, yeah, Tasman Keith was on there, let's say him as well. And, yeah, it was just a like an amazing lineup of artists and we – oh, Moju as well. Mm. And we, so we backed them all afternoon. So we did this whole afternoon. We played about 30 songs. And it just was like three hours just end-to-end -end sort of um, – we prepped for, you know, a few, few days before, had pretty solid rehearsals. I think it's going to be broadcast in a week or so. Yeah, right. Oh, a couple of weeks maybe. Yeah. Um, I think it's ABC. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called, yeah, First and Forever. And um, and then after us there were like epic – there was like epic acts doing their own thing with their own band. So like just Mao Boy and Baker Boy – and Thelma Plum and King Stingray, who are all unbelievable. Um, yeah, so that that was what I that was my Sunday. Yeah, um, cool. out at, at um, Hanging Rock in Victoria. Wow! So I was in this beautiful space, and it was it was just amazing. It was just an incredible festival. There was a lot of pretty heavy cultural stuff that was going down um, to um, a lot of elders and and um, and kind of ceremonial stuff, and a lot of dancing and. It was absolutely beautiful and then all this incredible music and it was just a great hang and a great great few days really because we sort of hung out with the band and with the, with the artists um, for two days previous and then we went and did the, the show. So, yeah, it's a pretty long day. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what was your link to that? So how did you get um, to be in that oh, situation? I, you know, I, I know you've got, a, you've got a history of, of – you know, having played with a lot of indigenous artists and yeah, I think I think yeah. I, well, I've just um, come off the back of I'd worked with a few of those artists that we backed. Um, Alice Sky was another one as well. Um, on a gig that I've just finished, um, which which was the Midnight Oil gig. So the first tour I did with them was during uh, an album called the Macarada Project. Um, and that was apparently their first full al album where they'd collaborated in full with other artists and it was all um, amazing Indigenous artists and friends of theirs and um, and it was – and so I got to sort of tour. That was – not only was I, you know, part of the, the oils thing but yeah. we were also, also sort of connecting with these amazing Indigenous artists as well which was – which was a beautiful thing, mm. um, and some of who were on this bill um, on Sunday, but um, I'm not sure if that was it. I don't, you know, like you know, I, think, I, I sort of it was sort of one of those things where through the scene, I suppose if you, see, I, I think the gig was quite eclectic musically. So, and I know I, I can do you can do all I can this. do that. Yeah, so, yeah. like we went from, you know, some sort of banging synth bass, you know, to um, full on sort of '90s sort of five string, you know, pop, funky kind of pop R and B hits yep. to um sort of deep sort of 
sort of rock and soulful sort of reggae you know and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and like and you know it's like your, it was it was, it's all it was your a cup of tea well it was a, you know yeah. all the stuff i really love and get yeah. into um but you know i was sort of dropping this bass and grabbing this bass yeah. and setting this sound up and you know it was it was it was a really full-on it was a real session kind of gig so um, so how did you prep for i mean you said you had some rehearsals with rehearsals here in sydney or did you um we did we did a couple of preparatory kind of ones as a rhythm section just to sort of get together and sort of see what was what and yeah. and and kind of start filling it out um because i had to use a different synth to what i've used and i you know like i'm not a major synth guy at all but i i do do it and i do mm. play it yeah um but i do use the moog instead of my usual rig so i had to sort of start getting i had to figure out how to use it so <laughs> yeah. and that was a bit actually like you know it was a bit of a surprise like oh yeah they really wanted to use that Okay, cool, and yep. so and actually it was amazing, and and I had a little bit of help, but pretty much sort of got it going. Um, so I was sort of doing that, figuring out the sounds for that, seeing, figuring out what bases to use for what, and sort of getting in on the arrangements with the with the with the the, the bare bones of the band. Yeah, and then sort of last Thursday we rocked up in Melbourne and we started doing full on um, rehearsing with you know. Everyone was there, like the whole full production, everything, like yep. all the in ears and track, and everything's rocking, you know. So um, it was a pretty serious affair, yeah. And just people coming in and out, you know. And we're just there the whole time, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was hard work, but it was a, it was just an amazing kind of day, an amazing festival, an amazing gig to do, and you know how I got there. Ceases to be important. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was, okay. you know, yep. I was just happy to be there, you gotcha. know. But you know, I think I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's if you add up all the things that I've been doing forever, yep. And then it's, then you end up on a gig that you go, well, this gig really, <laughs> I really love this, and this really suits me, yeah, and, yeah. you know, like all of it. Then you kind of go, oh, I think maybe this is a bunch of things adding up together. Yeah, yep. you know, your reputation in the scene. What is it that you do? Yeah, yep, you yep, know. Yep. How, how how do you roll? Do you you know who do you roll with? You know, what do you like to play? Yeah. Are you able to come up with the goods quickly? Yeah, you know, which is that we definitely had to do that a few times, like sort of just quick turnaround. Artist wants to do something differently, and you kind of go, well, you know, you know, like and yet you know the whole band was really good. Like that was a really good good um, band mm. as well. So that was cool. How do you um, do, do you? Do you do all that sort of prep from memory, or do you do you, do you yeah, much of a note, I, I, you much I, I, of a note writer? I, I, or? It's funny you should mention it because we were, we were having conversations about this because um, my um, colleagues on the gig, you know, they all chart, they were charting yeah. stuff. Um, I try to memorize everything. Although I, I started doing it a long time ago, I think I'm kind of getting good at it now. Mm. Um, so I find I basically figure that the time that I would take me to write actually write it out, I could listen to the track another th at least three or four times, maybe a yeah, three minute song, four minute song. Gotcha. I mean, when you got longer pieces of music, it starts to get a bit more complicated and a bit more time consuming. Yeah. Um, and even if the three minute songs are complicated, or you know, or then it's just not going in, you just got to kind of do it. A few times, so like you know, I try to run the song from memory. I might jot down 
a progression or like sometimes I'll jam along with it without any clue, like just completely green, you know, just never heard, barely even heard it, just jam along, make a mess up or everything. And then I'll actually put the bass down. I'll figure out what key it's in obviously and then I'll and then I might just jot, I'll do it all in my notes and just jot the, 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 the chords that I'm hearing down. Yep. And then I'll probably barely look at that ever again. You okay. know, like it's kind of weird. It's kind of just a process that I go through. Like, oh, just me sitting there actually without the bass listening to it. And then after that, I just try to put it in my ear. Yeah. And that can be hard with the more songs you're dealing with. Mm. I and was staying I, on top of those songs as well if you have to perform it multiple times. If, we, if I'm performing something multiple times, it, it always goes in. Like it's once it's in, it's usually in for good. I was going to ask this question, but later when we start talking about the oils, but mm. you had to learn ninety odd songs. Yeah, yeah it was. Was about, it the same process? Yeah, yeah, Fuck. I did the same thing. <laughs> we'll get more into detail. I, I, that, I, later, I, but I, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel like that 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 process definitely it works for you. Well, it works for me, but also the the process of learning all the songs for the oils, and it only just made me better at what I was already sort yeah, of yeah. what I already sort of started to do yeah. which I've re- realized now because of what I just did on the weekend as well because that was the first time I've had to sort of step in and go go oh there's all these songs and like you know I still I, I like a set list and I'll you know have a key on there yeah. the key you know I'm not I'm not you know like my brain's not I understand. I, it's it's not flawless in fact <laughs> it's quite flawed well, you're a bass player mate so yeah, yeah right right hang on oh, wrong oh one. Hang on yeah there. yeah yeah, great. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, we're going to use it. Mate. You need to figure I out which, bu- which buttons are what. You're taking the piss, mate. Well, it doesn't have a head or a fucking sticks. Fucking <laughs> electronics. <That's right. laughs> yeah, I'm the same. But um, yeah, so you know, I've, it's all something that I've always done, and something that I've definitely felt has got easier and better over the years. Yeah. Um, I've definitely rocked up to a few gigs with my piece of paper with the song list and just the, you know, a couple of notes on it. Yeah. You know and. People, other people in the band have looked at me like, "Really? Are you really? Are you, <laughs> are you thinking of doing this without charts?" And I'm, you know, like, to be honest, you know, you're never absolutely sure if it's all going to come back on the moment. But yeah. the more I've done it, the more I realise, you know, what, it's yeah, I know it's in there. I've done the work on it. I learned it properly. I put it in my ear. I played with it. You know, we've we maybe even. Maybe even got to rehearse, yep. you know, which is sometimes sometimes you don't get to do that, yeah. And you just rock up and play, you know. And yep. I remember rocking up on a pretty complicated sort of fusiony style gig. It was a pretty pretty heavyweight band, um, and everybody knew the stuff. And the bass player was a monster, and I was like, wow, well, you know, it was it was um, Dalano's Dalano's one of Dalano's gigs, okay. And the gig was hard. And I rocked up, and the guitarist who was also filling in in that particular gig just looked at me like, "What do you mean you have like just me here?" I looked absolutely disgusted, like I hadn't done the work, and that it was going to be a really shit gig and stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was a, the gig was really good, yeah. and it went, it went really well, That's you know. Good. And I felt like I connected with the. With the musos and with the crowd, and, and that's how the whole thing began in the first place. I was sort of, I started doing all these um, salsa gigs in Melbourne where I was. There were charts, full-on charts, and yeah. it was really involved um, arrangements. But it was just, but it was groovy as hell, and people dancing like, you know. And I just wanted yeah. to kind of interact with the band and interact with the crowd and kind of be a little bit more heads up rather than heads down. So I 
I went away and I memorized the songs. Yeah. And then I just started doing that all the time. Just that was just a matter of I just try to do it that way. It goes in your head better, I think. If you've got a chart there, sometimes you just look at it for the sake of looking at it, you know. Mm. It's really hard. It's interesting what you said about by the time it, what whatever time it takes me to write it out, I've run the track two or three more times. Yeah. And it's sometimes that's all it takes, yeah. eh? And then, Especially you know, if it's something fairly similar, you get, yeah. a, form, you get a form, catch, you know, if there's a couple of... Couple of figures in there, yeah. you work out where they are. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and like you know, I don't, um, you know, I don't kill myself to try to do it. I just try to make it. I just try to, you know, like I, I'll put the set in. You know, you pull up the Spotify, or whatever someone sends you, or the Dropbox or whatever, and you just systematically go through the tunes. And as you go, and then some of them are sticking and some of them are not. Some of them you go, you yeah, know, this is sweet. I know exactly what's going on here. You don't have to go back to it, but then there's another one that needs a little bit more time. Yeah. So I'll kind of, you know, and I'll just sort of – and I'll try to learn it like a set so that I'm thinking of it as as one thing rather than 10 or 20. Individual songs. Oh, individual songs, yeah, like which is well, – that's a kind of weird vibe as well, but – it's another sort of th- another way of thinking for me, like is uh, thinking of the the set as the as one, yeah, as the performance yeah. as a whole, rather yeah. than um, individual songs and how you get in and out of those things is all part of the same thing. Yeah, um, which you know when you get to rehearse and you get to work work on a show and stuff like that, you get to kind of finesse that kind of stuff. Um, but when sometimes you just don't get that time, you yeah, know, yeah. here's the songs. I'll see you at the gig. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I suppose those kind of um, gigs have been the ones that have developed me so that I can actually sort of take a whole bunch of stuff in. And I, so, you know, on the on the weekend I had a set list with the, you know, patch numbers for the synth and, the yeah. and you know, what, what effects I might have had on the pedal board yeah. and which bass I was playing with, and P bass or my J bass, so, you know, like, and that was it. And that was sort of, you know, and, you know, I think I – I think I got through everything pretty, you know, like, you know, nothing sort of went completely astray at all. There were no, definitely no train wrecks. Yeah. Um, we just had an amazing time and and um, so, yeah, so that's – I I recommend it, but it's – sometimes people feel like it's a little bit extra work, you know, they can listen to something twice and and chart it quickly, which, yeah. you know, I yeah. can still – I could still do that as well in shorthand, quickly write it out. You know, a lot of people don't unlearning songs properly as well, you know. Yeah, true. That's, I find, you know, like if you if you just sort of like throw it out there and just, you know, scribble it down and listen to it once or twice and go, and you get to the gig and they're like, everyone's yeah, sort you, of, you everyone's can, looking at each other like, do you remember how it starts? You know, Yeah, like, do you remember the feel? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the feel? Well, oh, feel. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, 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 that's right. Where, where have you written what the feel is? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right, Stevie. You can't internalise it, eh? You're speaking, you're speaking my language. You know, if you just need to put it in your ear. Yeah. So that when it comes out, you kind of go, yeah, that's right. I I pegged the feel, pegged the, you know, you know the little intricacies of the groove that's going on um, or in the arrangement, of course, the key, of course, any changes in those, within those, you know, within all of those things. Yeah. That um, you know that obviously it's all important, but yeah, a good friend of mine has told me you know like someone gives you the rep tape, you learn the fucking rep tape. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, re- yeah my, it's the, one of the best things that my my dearly departed friend told me. Yeah, and um, 
I've stuck with it. He told, told he gave, gave me that advice when I was about 23. I just moved to Melbourne, and he was he was big. He was a big. He was a big guy in the yeah. you know doing heaps of gigs and everything. And I was just like, whoa, okay, here I am. Yep. And uh, he's a, bit, a little bit older than me, and um, yeah, if someone gives you the rep tape. Learn the fucking rep tape. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's a that was good advice. So yeah. now I learn the fucking rep tape. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tape. I was just giving away exactly how old I am now. <laughs> You're giving away all your secrets too. I remember when they, when they used to, when they used to be, when we would make mixtapes. Rep tapes are just mixtapes, but not made with love. <laughs> there's no day. love. There's no love at all. There's no love there. They snap, they just cut things cut off them terribly. Chuck them on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, really, it's, yeah. it's really rough as, you know, there's no, no thought. It's just like, oh, I've got to get these tunes to these people. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't do those. We don't do those anymore. Yeah, we were talking in the f- this first one of these we did episode four or whatever it was, and we both lis- listened back to it in the, over the last couple of days, so we mm. don't repeat ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But um, God forbid that just uh, you know, when you're talking about charts and that kind of thing, um, I asked you about the Sonic Mayhem Orchestra, yeah. and you said that that was you, you did that specifically so you would go back. To charts and to reading because your read, reading had slipped. Yeah. Now since since then, four years ago, how long did you keep that up? And and have are you? No, nah, that that because obviously COVID. Just COVID, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that gig kind of broke down to a once a month, and then and then I'm pretty sure shortly after that COVID sort of kicked in, and then, yeah. So I haven't done that gig, and that that um gig that band sort of. I think it's on sort of like a, a, in sleep mode. Okay. Um, as you know, it's a, it was a lot to it was a lot to organise. I can imagine for the band leader. Yeah. And um, it was hard to keep everybody on track as well. Okay. You know, because it was just a big band on a yeah 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 really quiet night. Yeah. You know, you. and um, and it was you know it's it's regularity that you know another thing about me sort of memorising stuff is that obviously I get myself off reading charts. You know, I've okay. I've always done that, which is why. I came back to wanting to maybe, you know, like I need to sort of get my reading back, a little bit of my reading back again. And yep. it did. It was yep. actually awesome. It was yep. really good. And I feel like I'm I'm better for it since since doing the band than before because it was a really big break yep. that I hardly did any gigs where I needed to read at yep. all, yep. you know. But they are out there and, you, you know, if you really want to be prepared for, for anything, then keep your reading chops up, you know. Yeah. Um, I could now I'm not not quite as freaked out by it now, but um, I've kind of gone back to my old ways, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't have a, I don't have a I don't have a um, a big band gig to yeah. to, to practice on yeah. now. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm sort of the other way a yeah. little bit. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So let's um, yeah. So the, the the big the big thing for you over the last couple of years has been joining Midnight Oil. Yes. Let's try and I mean you, you've, there's a lot of other stuff that's been going on too mm. that we talked about before we mm. we we went to, went live went to air not live but went to air mm. so I'm just trying to think how we can sort of work all that in so um I know I want to know how the midnight oil thing came about and you did tell me that mm. but let's I guess it 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 starts with um your band Oyobi kind of yeah kind of yeah yeah, so yeah. in it. In a in a in a sense, um, I think 
we've been working towards sort of our own kind of goals in sort of production and sort of, you know, kind of creating our own sort of sound and thing that we do mm. for a few years now and we, you know, we were pretty committed um, to working in the studio together. Um, we would do two, one, two days, you know, like we just had regular studio days where we would go in and, and do as much as we could, um, as often as we could. Yep. So, sorry, let, let me, for the people that don't know, Ayobi is a basically a three-piece. Yep. It's yourself, Daniel Pliner, yep. and uh, Vincent Sebastian. Vincent Sebastian, yeah. Yep. And it's a, oh, it's got so many elements. It does. It's got funk. It's got Latin. It's... It's got house. Yeah, it's a, it's a little. It's, it's drum a, and bass. No, yeah, not yeah, drum it was, bass. It was, I guess it's we kind of like we, we like all the broken beat and drum and bass yeah, and, yeah. and um, sort of UK sort of garage sort of style thing. But we also love um, soulful house music as well. We yeah. also love um, all the South American different South American kind of music as well. Yeah. You know. Cuban and Brazilian and yep. Peruvian and Colombian and and um, sort of and we collaborate. We've collaborated with a whole bunch of people, um, artists mainly, and, and some bands to just sort of create music that we just comes from within us. I suppose you know we just wanted to have that opportunity. We're all doing things for other people, yeah. And then it came a time we were all, whenever we got together, we would sort of make stuff up and with our it was with an extended community as well we had this gig in Tatlers called um it was the Latin Jam the Latin Jam on Sundays and the band was called Reyes de Londo and it was a, just a completely kick-ass band and, and Danny Pliner was in it and Vincent was the main organizer of the whole thing it was just this party that would go off three summers we had this three crazy kind of years of doing these Sundays and it went off and great jams, great musicians come down and play. Mm. But it was always, dance floor was always packed and, you know, the whole point is creating kind of interesting music that's dance floor orientated. Um, but we are also pretty eclectic and we're pretty, we love to kind of improvise and kind of create. So we kind of create, create like organic Electronic code in, in a sense. There's a lot of live percussion on it. There's a lot of live playing on it as well. Anyway, um, in the, that was all going on prior to COVID and, you know, we talked about that we were doing that at the time and it was pretty fresh at the last time I spoke to you. Um, and then we got to 2020 and we got shut down and it was, we were sort of like, wow, okay, you know, we had releases and we, you know, had, put, had a net, we, like got a, we got an album signed over in, um, UK out of London, uh, an amazing label called Ajaz. Um, and so we had the release, but all of a sudden the COVID thing kicked in and it was all a bit of a mess. Mm. Um, we still put the put the record out anyway, um, and people responded really well to it. But we also had a lot of individual tracks flying around, a lot of collaborations, a lot of people. So we've done a few things now that have sort of gone and hit in a pretty cool way, never the cha-ching kind of way, but always the way where we've gotten sort of props from amazing people or we've gotten sort of attention from sort of parts of the planet that we we, we love that we're getting attention from those parts of the planet basically. Yeah. And um, and then sort of more interest, more collaborations and then we've kind of gotten better and all our stuff. COVID hits, 
we, we completely locked out of every, each other's lives and everything. So we tried to do a few Zoom um, Zoom sessions and just failed. I know some people made it work, but we couldn't. We could, as a group, we can we 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 bounce off each other musically, literally with our instruments in a room, you know, making up the beats, adding percussion, you know, like getting yeah. people in, you know, the hang, the whole thing. It's about being in the room. Yeah. So we just end up just having a few drinks over over Zoom and not really getting much done. Yeah. Um, you know, sending stuff in to put in post and in between, you know, not really kind of vibing too much. Yeah. Um, but then when, when we got unlocked, of course, we ran like crazy people straight back to the studio like, oh, my God, you know, the first thing we wanted to do because there were no gigs because of all the restrictions. Yeah. We had no work. So we were like, fuck, you know, we got to – we really were busting to play. Um, we were sort of all freaking out about what we were going to do. Mm. We were thinking, well – at this point in time, maybe we can all hang out in the studio. So we would go to the Nest in Surrey Hills, which is Vincent and Declan Kelly's studio. That's where all Yobi sort of hangs out. Uh, that's where Declan does all his production and yep. all his um, all his work with as well. Um, and we started to just kind of hang in and working again, and it was awesome. It was a beautiful thing. Um, also on the other side of that, we started – there was – the venues hadn't even properly opened up yet um, and we started hanging um, up at Lazy's on Tuesdays with Timmy the sound guy there, me, Declan and Daniel Pliner and we actually formed a new group out of that kind of company called the Third Eye Laser, Laser Cat. Cat. Yeah. Which hey, is I'll like, just stop you on that. Yeah. One of the first, or wasn't the first, maybe I actually bought the live stream gig you did on the did, rooftop. That's right. I yep. think you were the only one. I was one, the only Steve. one. <laughs> Stevie, I loved it. Honestly, I just, Stevie, like, just sat, oh, I love I you. I sat for in my fucking studio, oh. <laughs> a bottle of bourbon, and I fucking had it cranking oh. in my headphones. I had the best fucking night. It was oh. awesome. Oh my god, that's yep, so cool. Third Eye Lazy Cat. Oh my god, I love yep. you, Stevie. Anyway, I funded that band. Yeah, no, you did, you did. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for the kebab, Stevie. Um, we 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 started doing Tuesdays, hanging out with Timmy as well. Timmy's an incredible DJ and and. Um, Sound man, and he would sort of. So, we kind of do this sort of cinematic dub, improvised kind of stuff. And it's fun as hell to play, and it's really spontaneous. We don't even talk to each other about it. We just sort of just like look at someone, like just glare at someone to start, and then, which Danny always happily starts, and then, you know, we all just kick the stuff off. And um, so, we started doing that kind of thing, and it just was still getting better and better. And we were recording it to cassette tape and doing all this kind of creative kind of stuff. And then Yorby's working in the studio and then Declan during lockdown had locked himself in his studio yeah. and wrote his album. Yep. Um, so he was starting to track it all and get people into track. So we were, as well as doing these laser cat, third eye laser cat jams and the Yorby sessions, we were also doing Declan Kelly sessions as well. And, um, you know, and then sort of, it just started sort of expanding. It was a little bit like a creative kind of give, and there were other, People, there were people coming in for the Yorbi thing, like Karen Lee Andrews and and other friends of ours um, that we collaborate with, and we sort of do remixes for people and stuff. And and Declan has a whole other world of people that come in and yeah. they either get him to produce stuff or just get him to play drums on, or he's other people that he plays with that are yeah. just absolutely beastly. We're the other crew on the. I'm only on four of those tracks on, yeah. the, on that record. 
on Dex's new record, but yep. the other guys are just all beast musos as well and, and they're all Dex, we're all friends, you know, we're all just musicians that know each other. So there was a real kind of spirit of this sort of creative thing going on. We were, none of us were making any money. Mm. We got no gigs. So we were sort of a bit like sort of throwing ourselves into that. Well, out of that, um, Dex one day just says, um, hey, man, do you want to come and have a jam with Jim Magini? And he said it so casually and I was like, you mean Jim Magini from Midnight Oil? And he was like, yeah. Like, like, like yeah, he was just, it was so, such a Declan thing. You know, he's really quite, quite, quite casual about it. And I was like, dude, I'd love to. That'd be amazing, man. Like, up at his studio up in Brookvale, he's got an incredible studio called Oceanic. Um, is, that, is that a commercial studio? Is yeah, that, bro. Yeah, you yeah, can okay. hire that studio. Yeah. Tape, analog, right. like, beautiful space. Right. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing studio. Um, took us up there and some of a um, keys player from in, an Australian keys player who lives in New York had sent something to Jim, something strange and weird. And Jim was like, Oh, and just told Dex, Bring a bass player up with you, let's have a jam on this weird thing that mm. our, our friend sent, our sent that his friend sent him. So we get in there and we sort of edit and chop and and hang out and set up stuff and Jim barely even touched the guitar. There was a guitar just sit so I, like 50s or 60s, beautiful guitar, like semi-hollow body guitar, sitting on top of the, precariously on top of the, <laughs> the roads that, that he didn't touch until he just set everything else up, the drums, and it, it was concerned with everything else and that, yeah. this thing was just sitting there with a the lead like this. And I was like, oh, you know, and literally press record, picks up the guitar and we just played. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. It was it was super cool, super cool experience. But it wasn't anything that I would have thought might have led to him two weeks later calling me to ask me to fill in for Bones. So I just got a phone call a couple of weeks after that session. So you know, so how long how long since Bones this is Bones Hillman, the yeah. the bass player from Midnight Oil who passed yeah. away. Yeah. So how long after – when did he, he died? It was in November 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah, early November 2020. Um, and, you know, so we, we'd sort of had a a jam with Jim, sort of, you know, like September, October. Okay. Or something like that. And then a couple of weeks later he'd called and said, look, you know, Bones wasn't well. Um, he's not going to make it back from the, over from the States for this tour that we're doing. So we're, we're trying out basically, would you mind coming in? And I was like – <laughs> I, I was just thought like, wow, I, you know, I had never even thought like they sort of existed so far off in the distance of the yeah. in the uh, the, the, the canon of Australian rock and roll, rock and you roll know, history. Yeah, gotcha. You know that I was I sort of never even sort of registered that maybe I might be um, good for the gig, and um, and then I so they threw me about ten tunes, and then I. I learnt to arm those ten tunes as well as I could, and some of them were like the stuff that's in the DNA, like the Australian <laughs> DNA songs, yep. and other stuff was stuff I hadn't heard before. Okay, some some more sort of stuff that was like oh, which was what it turned out to be like all the fans know everything, but you know, like, <laughs> okay. like like you know like kind of in the in the scheme of things, some of their songs have just sort of stand up as like very much favourites, and gotcha. they might not have been the. The ones that the were hits or any of the hits, yeah, yeah. but there's there's a lot of their songs are known and there's a lot of songs. 
Um, and they um, and I rocked up to the studio they told me to come to, and I had my pedal board and my, my bass, and I was going to plug into their rig, and I and I was I was I was sort of just like treating it kind of like oh, I am just going to try out for this gig and. You know, and I, the reality hadn't quite hit home until I'd literally walked in and saw them all. Yeah, right. And just was like, holy crap, like, I'm literally <laughs> about to have a jam with me, not all. Yeah. And that was mind-blowing. It really was, you know. And I went in hard, man. I actually – I actually, and I'd sort of been working the pickup because I, I do play with the pick, but I'm not – I don't – wouldn't have done ever done a full, a full gig on pick mm. and also not – quite with that sort of ferocity that is required right. to make those eights work. Right. Which is predominantly downstroke right. eights, which may or may not be good technique, but I'll tell you what, it's it's even. Yeah, gotcha. It's more even than if you're going to, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a definite um, attack difference when you're hitting down. So I had to get kind of across that mm. and I actually busted my hand. So I did the I did the audition. I went in, I came out guns blazing. I was I I had a ball. I got in my mind I was like, surely I'm not the guy for this gig. There were so many other like old like especially the older generation of bass players that are around who actually sort of were involved with them for years and friends of theirs and stuff yeah. like that. I just thought that there were more People that might have been slightly more qualified or connected, um, but they were really going for someone different than that. I think maybe generation generationally, or you know, there was you know, I didn't know who the other bass players that went for yeah. it were. Yeah, found out eventually, but um, but like they were very good at keeping it all on the keeping it all on the download. Who was doing what and everything? I just had my time, rocked in, went hard. Couldn't hold a cup of tea. Couldn't hold anything <laughs> in my right hand yeah, for th right. three days, man. Wow, I, man! And I was, and I was all, I got all, I got all, little, um, sooky about it too, because I was like, oh man, I went too hard and I hurt myself, and I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, really, un you know, um, Bones passed away five days after that audition. Um, and at that point, I was sort of like, oh wow, look, you know. And all bets are off. I don't, you know, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting anything now. You know, I didn't, wasn't sure what was going to happen, and I, to be honest, I just sort of went, oh well, that was an interesting experience that I had, mm. a great interesting experience yeah, yeah. that I had, um, and so I sort of started sort of getting on with stuff, and then um, a couple of weeks later, the management called me, um, and they were like. You know, this is all. No one really wants to be dealing with this right now because mm. it was, you know, it's pretty raw, man. Yeah, yeah. He's only just been buried. I'm pretty sure at the time, and nobody could be with him because no one could travel properly at the time, and it was just mm. all. Um, so there were several tributes and gatherings and stuff, but it was all pretty. It was all happening around that time. They were like you and someone else. Um, they're trying to decide between you and someone else. Come back again. Here's another six tunes. Mm. Um, but this time you got to sing. You make sure you sing because I didn't. No one, no one even told me. You know, like I just, I just went in on the bass playing. I could sing some of the stuff, but other stuff I didn't. I didn't concentrate on that. I concentrated on the bass playing. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh well, okay. So 
I got my second go, and th- this time was what we didn't have the full setup going on with the sound monitor guy and all that stuff. It had um, it was just the four of them in Apogee Studio. Just I just rocked up and went, oh wow, okay, mm. on like small kit, small rigs, yeah, in just in the room, yep, um, fifty eights, just like turned up, you know, basically, and um, Pete just in my face, like trying to hear my hear me sing and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Um, and we jammed for about three hours. That was pretty cool. You know, it was like that was like next level, and we jammed through all of the. So I had sixteen of their songs at that point. Mm. I've actually got these numbers of, of at points of time where I had to, like, so that was the first sixteen songs. Yeah, and then um, we got to, um, and then I didn't hear from them for a week, and I was all like, "Oh man, I just wish someone would bring me in to say no. You yeah. didn't get it." Yeah, yeah, and um. And then I got an email saying, oh, can I can talk this from the management. I'm going to talk. Yeah, sweet. Cool. You got the gig. And I, and I was like, cool. Okay. He goes, okay, I'll send you an email with all the details, blah, blah. Yeah, thanks, man. I was try, trying to keep cool. And I like fucking lost it when I got off the phone. Wait, so was, where were you? I was in my car picking up yeah. my kids from swimming or some shit. And yeah. I was like just driving around doing the thing. Yeah. So that was – kind of wild that was you know that was and that was after like obviously that was after the such a shitty year mm. um you know the first that first COVID, which you kind of we all kind of rolled with it was the second year that was the was worse yep um but yeah so you know after that was tough that first bit but we kind of all went through and then we were sort of coming out of it and then for that to kind of happen I mean, it was it wasn't there was it weren't any gigs. There was a a, a small tour, like a, you know, there were ten shows in the new year, and stuff was still shifting around because like the, the capacities were still all it was all dodgy. It was all a mess, you know. Yeah. So people were still trying to kind of organise shows, but that you know, with COVID in mind and having things go down, having shows go down because just goes through the crew or. Well, the, the, you know, the audiences, social distancing in the audience, like numbers of that could be indoors and outdoors and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, trying to organise so they – because they'd released this Macarada Project EP, uh, which is uh, very much concerning the Uluru Statement from the Heart and just has magical performances from amazing Indigenous artists on this record. Mm. I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, the oil's right up until – like the end, and then they 2021 they released Resist because they were all, all those those rec- both those records were recorded at the same time. Bones was still was with them. They'd finished they just finished the touring in 2019, and they went straight in the studio and tracked a whole bunch of stuff. And um, and that, that, those two albums were the result. Um, you know, so yeah, sort of stepping into that world was pretty intense you know mm. like kind of yeah i mean look you know there's uh, I, that the those audition that whole audition process was sort of spread out over a month or so with bones passing away in the middle of it so you know by the time i got around to you are the guy in the band i hadn't actually hung out with the guys um and i just got told okay you're gonna <laughs> get acoustic bass guitar like just rock up to, so I think I rock, rocked up to Martin's house first, and then we rocked up to um, 
Rob's house next and, you know, and then Jim's place and, and I did these um, acoustic rehearsals with them, just just them on their ridiculous Gib- Gibson acoustics, me and my court, <laughs> that court there, that's seen, yeah. that's, that's seen, some, seen some miles, that, that bass, and yeah. it's actually awesome. Yeah. Um, but they're sort of rocking these insane, like, 60s, yeah, you know, beautiful. And is that the bass used to do the John Stevens? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that thing. That thing ain't going nowhere, man. Yeah. That's 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 my. I love that axe, you know. <laughs> I played it in too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the yeah, they were. We just hung out, and I'm sitting there, and I'm hearing that this that two guitar thing that they do, just so brilliantly, and just right in front of me on the couch, and that was my first rehearsals with them. Mm. And then we, you know, we just went through and did that sort of cycle, a whole bunch of rehearsals. I think I learned about forty-six or forty-eight songs f- for the first tour. Like they, they, you know, you learn like full all of Diesel and Dust, and I learned, um, you know, all the new record, always the new record. Yeah. You know, and then by the time we came, you know, so there was a lot of tunes there. Then by the time we came around to the. Um, the next, so we got, we'd been locked down again. So we made that tour, that tour happened. And then we got locked down straight up. That was the big one. And that was with a really kind of shitty one for everyone. Um, I feel like it was. I think we were talking mm, yeah, about yeah, earlier on how that was, it just got really hard to to feel positive about it because it was the second time it was happening and it was yep. worse yep. than the first time. Um, and so, you know, that was, Bit of a mess, and I was like, "Oh God, you know, I don't know what's going to happen now." I didn't even hear from anybody, you know. We, we everyone, kind of went a bit quiet as well. Like, not just there was just not just with me and the worlds, but with everybody went quiet, yep. you know, because everyone was just sort of. It sort of became hard to, um, chit chat with the people that you always, you know, that you would be hanging out with at the gig and playing with and yep. associating with and working, and it just got really hard to, um, um kind of continue those conversations and be sort of upbeat about it, yeah. you know, as you uh, you would well know. But, yeah, so uh, by the time we got to the end of that, um, thank God we got to the end of that, um, we started prepping for this next um, tour that I just finished in October and that was probably a total of 10 months kind of engagement from like, Early beginning of December last year to the beginning of October this year, I reckon. Yep. Well, sorry. Well, so was that was that originally planned to be one big tour, but got broken up? No. no well, it was, no, it, I think it's actually, it, it was actually two separate tours because it was the Macarada project, and then and it then was the resist. resist yeah. Right. Okay. Resist, gotcha, yeah. Right. Um, no, they were always going to be separate because they were separate releases, yeah, and okay. now basically we want to do one one year tour it. And then release the next one and tour it. Okay, gotcha. But then, you know, like everything, you know, and there was stuff that just got postponed and postponed and postponed for yeah, yeah. the whole time. Like stuff, the timeline just went completely smashed on what I think what they'd planned for it. And even when my when my involvement came in, stuff would move around like pretty seriously. There was so much um, – Shifting, you know, the, the dates would shift and shift, and then, mm. you know, we went even. There wasn't even an overseas section in the very beginning, right? And then all of a sudden, there was, yeah, <laughs> you know, and we're like scrambling for visas and stuff like that, yeah, and, yeah. um, 
so yeah, so we started working that one, and then we went and did like warm ups in Tasmania, and like, and that was awesome because you know like by that point, sort of you know like I've I know you know three, four full albums. You know that you know that made me learn all the ten to one, all of Diesel and Dust, and then I was just start. I was getting through other records as well because I was just learning. I'd learned most of the songs on these records. Yep. Um, and then they started, and it, I told them as well. I said, "Look, I want to start with a body of songs that we can, you guys can pull from." Um, so we'll, you know, and basically, it added up to. Started adding up like you know it was already around forty-eight, fifty. Then start you know like oh we want to do these, want to do these, and then the new records and it's yeah. it's you know sixty, seventy, and then while we're on the road they were like oh, and I'd said look I know you guys because I didn't we didn't realize at the beginning of the tour I wasn't sure that I didn't know at all that it was going to be the last because I saw I only saw the final tour thing as it got announced. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, like I was like, I just got here. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I was spewing, you know. So I've, I've already I, so, written your next album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so I essentially I I tried, you know, I, I was I gigged under the idea that I was getting closer and closer to this end thing. And then I wanted to do as much as I could for the band because like they were they were literally phenomenal musicians and phenomenal yeah. songwriters and really intelligent just credible humans as well like you know you just kind of like it was just such a fantastic experience for me and they um and they welcomed me you know and even though they'd lost you know they were you know they'd lost their brother and everything had changed you know for, for everyone it wasn't just them as well it was the crew and management and mm. you know everyone that was involved you know Bones was in there for like 35 more, at least 35 years, I think. And, you know, he was the fifth member of the band. So it was a pretty crazy thing to walk in on. Yeah. Um, but as we sort of, as it progressed, they had added more and more tunes. So the final tunes, I don't, I don't count. We did, a, we did a whole bunch of covers at different times. They would do like a pull one out in a certain city or a certain place for a certain reason and, so I learned like a handful of covers. So I've learned over a hundred songs, but I reckon I've got I've got ninety four oil songs that I can perform live um, by the end. And they even had me they even had me playing at least one that I had never played before on the last show. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> up, right up to the last show. Yeah, which was nearly four hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it was about forty songs. Most of the shows are about twenty two, twenty three, twenty four songs. Right. Um, so how were you? Um, how were you received by audience and public? Because it's a pretty sort of big thing to yeah, come into. So. Yeah, uh, look, I you know I I haven't quite had that much attention on me. Usually, I'm sort of in the capacity of I suppose the the, the pro bass player thing. Um. Which is not my focus as as much as it used to be when I was younger. Um, it's sort of what I do, I, and I'm into it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's. But I also like to be creative and we, you know, to produce stuff and you know, like so. You know, you you kind of sort of be more into kind of getting my voice and all that sort of stuff. So you kind of 
used to when you do those kind of when you do a gig for someone else and you're kind of being pulled in on something and you're learning other people's music and stuff. My natural, you natu- my natural inclination is to, you know, just do play play the bass and lock you with a drummer, support the singer, play the tunes, learn the fucking rep tape. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and not that I didn't take this incredibly seriously, but also, like, I don't think I was being completely hired for just being a, a, a gun. I think I was hired to come in and and help um, bring something to it. Yep. Because um, something had 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 left, and um, and that was felt. I felt like that every time I. Was with everybody on hot on mass that I you know like I was the the thing that had had, had come and replaced Mm-mm. somebody who had unfortunately left, and the and the crowd the, the 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 fans were like that too. They were like full on like that, and that you know they're the ones that sort of you know dug up all the <laughs> dug up all the dirt on me and everything. It's you know, like, they, it's like fan clubs, hard on, you online know, fan clubs, I, and- like yeah, yeah, like full on, like they you know there's you know. There's lots of them too, but there's you know there's some really hardcore, diehard type. Yeah, and you know like and like I think most artists have that. Um, uh, but like this is would never something you've even thought of, right? No, no, no. I didn't even I didn't even kind of <laughs> take it into consideration, right? That nobody would give. But of course, of course, I did and did, you know, and you know that before they knew that I who like. Because when it got announced, my name got announced. Everyone was like, "Who?" <laughs> like they were like, "What?" You know, and um, a few people within the industry were like, "Oh yeah, I reckon Adam could do that." They'd be, you know, they were they were actually friends and colleagues, and they were like, they hadn't thought about thought about it before because there was the same as me. Is like because there was kind of existed off in this other plane yep. of but, exist, but, of but, existence. But you know? To be honest, though, I, I know I'm not the only one that thinks this too. That when I Saw that you got the oils gig. I'm like, of course you got the fucking oils gig. <laughs> You're right. No, yeah. no, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah man. fucking. Well, some people, some people felt like that, and then, but then, pretty much the rest of the world who has no idea who I am. So that's right. pretty, you know, it's in this small industry that we're involved in, <laughs> right? Um, um, of which I know a lot of people, and, sure. and you also know a lot of people. Um, but we, in terms of like worldwide. Fame, you know, like a band, a band that's been around as long as they have and and achieved the heights and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no, they didn't know who the hell I was at all, and they, were, you know, it was like what the, and and then they were digging up all the what they could find on me and stuff, and it was you know, it's not heaps. Well, there was a bit of a spike in the episode four of the Gig Life podcast. That's right. you there you go. Yeah, and I remember I remember I think I remember that they actually posted that. And um oh, really? and that's actually part of the beauty of let's turn it back on you, Stevie. Um, is the beauty of, of you doing this Gig Life podcast is that, you know, you know, for as long as the internet's going, um, there's a certain era of musicians yeah, that have were doing their thing that were making a living and writing music, playing music, entertaining people every you know every week, every day, for years that you've documented, and these people were were looking for me. And the only thing they could find was the Gig Life podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know they found they found a few other things, but that was something that was had me talking to you about me. You know, yeah. and so like 
I think that's what you do is really awesome, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I fully, fully support the Gig Live podcast. Thank you, my bro. And, um, yeah, so it was wild because I just hadn't seen that level of kind of like attention. Mm. Um, See, and it sort of died off now. It's no, no, one, no one really cares again. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Kardashian's done something. That's right. Yes, there's all sorts of other stuff going yeah. on now. Um, yeah, sometimes I, I don't, you know, because we live in this Australasian bubble, I suppose. I mean, I yeah. knew middle – when Beds of Burning came out in New Zealand, it was fucking huge. Yeah. And I remember my uncle had it. He had the tape. I remember sitting in the back of his, tape, his hot rod. <laughs> he had like a Model T hot rod yeah. holding the tape, the cassette tape. Yeah. And I remember the cover. Yeah. You know, and um, and then I knew they were Australian. And, mm. you know, I think we sort you know, we live in this bubble and we don't kind of realize that Midnight Oil is fucking it's international. Well, that, well, that you just look at that. I, I, I had a look at that. Um, your tour skit, not the tour schedule, but all the gigs. I, yeah. I went to the website today and yeah. had a look at all the places you played. Mm. Fuck me. No, look, there, they well, there was a point where they were really big overseas. Mm. Um, they had some amazing sort of um, times, probably um, well, late eighties, nineties. But they've been touring. They've been touring there since. You know, the best stories about like, you know, being at a club across the road from where you two were playing. You two's got two hundred people, and they got like ninety in there. You know, and they were and they were hack, they were hack, before they were all yeah, before they were famous, before gotcha. all of them were famous, kind yeah. of thing. You know that they were the, the oils were already over the, over there working it, touring, recording, doing their thing, um, and just met all these amazing people on the way, yeah. and I've. Also got to meet some some of these people on the way, but you know, like in Germany and France, you know, like the, the people were like crazy for the men, you know, and it was just so awesome, mm. just so awesome to sort of sort of see how far and wide. I mean, I don't know if many people know that Rob Hurst speaks French pretty does, much fluently. Does he? Yeah, and when we were in France, he would come out and he would talk to them in French. And they and they love him. Yeah, and you know, he was like, it was a beautiful thing to see. You know, and you know, I think he's just he's into languages, and he, you know, obviously loves French. But um, I think the the fans over there really appreciated that when he did that. You know, yeah. And you know, they're, they're singing along the songs that maybe they know the lyrics, maybe they don't. Um. You know, like definitely some people are they're just singing the syllables, you know, but yep. they were going off to it. But that's the thing about the, the music is the music is it's not just there's the message and the, and the lyric and the music, which has always been the, the most impact, you know, that you get from the band is the message and what's being said. But then musically it's a, it's, it's a phenomenal kind of like so, so rocking but then so – Kind of different and mm. kind of angular, but you don't. It doesn't feel angular. You feel it's it's smooth angles. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. It's musicals. You know, does does amazing things. It it changes the arrangement, changes and keys change and rhythm changes and all this sort of stuff. And and you know, like even the punters just don't really kind of because it's done so musically and so smoothly, and that. Melody and that message still comes across. That's really exciting music to play. Mm. 
it's played loud and full mm. on and mm. and and it's it's really hard music. Like I do feel like I you know don't know if anybody underestimates, the, you know, the, the definitely musicians that have learned, every well, musicians that I know that learn have learned the tunes, they sort of all appreciate the fact that like nothing repeats, nothing sort of, you know, like it's it's actually really complicated music that you got to learn the whole thing to. Yeah, right. Which is okay. kind of what I was talking about. The you learn a, a whole the song, whole, the whole thing, or a whole, whole set. Bit. You know, like um, it's easier sometimes when something's really complicated to just. Just keep hitting yourself with it, you know, until it sort of sinks in, and then feel it when you're playing, and hopefully it just it becomes more natural yep. as the more you play it. You know, some some songs I got to get comfortable, very comfortable with, and and I could contribute to that those smooth angles. I understand. That, you know, with yeah. the time changes or the key switches or the you know things that would happen. Yeah, it was just like, whoa, what did, where are we going now? What the fuck? You know. Like, so many times when I was learning it, I was just like, I was just shaking my head, just going, <laughs> what was that? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just it's brilliant, brilliant songwriting, brilliant composition, you know, like just, you know, I'm probably one of the biggest fans there is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know 90, 94 of their songs. <laughs> I'm I- of a potential 160 of that. And there's like heaps more than that. But, you know, I think on, on if, you, if you look at, all their tunes added up. It's all like it's about staggering, isn't it? It's a massive amount of work. Yeah. Can I ask you about Rob Hurst? Yes. Iconic Australian drummer. Of course, the drummer. Obvious, the drummer wants obviously. to go. go no, I go mean, but the... I, I'm asking from you know a drum from a bass player playing with Rob Hurst. Mm-hmm. You know, you've le- you learnt all those songs. You you know would have uh, started to understand his feel a little bit, and yeah. um, what surprised you? The first time you sat sat in this or got in the studio with him with his full drum kit, say full pr- production rehearsal mm. or something like that, mm. what surprised you about his playing? We, did you expect him to play a certain way? You get in there and he. I I think I because I'd been learning the music, and I you got that. It was like that, and you, you, anything you've ever seen of him live, you, that super high energy, mm. super high velocity drumming, like hard drumming. Yeah. Um, the volume was the feeling of how loud even they were when you were we were being kind of being conscious of how loud it was <laughs> yeah. was loud as fuck. <laughs> like honestly, it was it was still really loud. Yeah. You know, I got kind of got used to it. I, it actually took me a while to kind of come back from that when I got when we got off tour pretty much because I was like back into doing like small rooms and pubs and yeah. the club and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. You know, like yeah. and just going, oh wow. And actually those gigs weren't that hard because it's kind of easy to you it's all just on your ears, but then I think I did a couple of bigger shows and then you're like oh that that kind of power and that that volume and that is just not here you yeah. know so it's a, it's a very different um that that power body, and, sh- there's that no power body and shot. passion's not there that's a- <laughs> very good yeah. stevie no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you know the whole the whole thing of um the the sheer velocity 
and sort of volume that you kind of got that was that was a shock because it's more of a body shock mm. but it wasn't just it wasn't just Rob it was also the it's also Martin and and Jim as well because they're just they've got the beast sounds like mm. it sounds incredible mm. and I just had to sit in the middle of it and just sort of like find my spot yep uh which I found and I look I you know I, I got a, I had had a great hookup with Rob. I, you know, like I look forward to the next time we play together because we really did have a great hookup. And I, and I, I aimed for that. That was pretty much the first point I aimed for when I went into the audition as well because I was like, man, I wanted to, I wanted to get, mm. get there and make sure I was in the right spot. Mm. And as soon as you know. I think he must have thought I was a bit weird because I was pretty intense. I was like, I just was right up on him, you know. I wasn't like looking at Pete. I was looking at anyone else. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, I was like right in on Rob. Right. And um, and then once once I kind of felt like I got it, you know, he sort of looked at me like, okay, don't hit me, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, am I being too intense? And then yeah. you know, but yeah, I wasn't being too intense. Apparently, I was being appropriately intense. Right. Because <laughs> it was it was that was that was it was that was the the winner for me, that you know, like, you know, as far as getting the gig, I suppose, like yeah. coming in with this, the, with that intensity, um, not kind of trying to sort of come in underneath the whole, you know, like I, I you know, you. I had utmost respect for the the songs and the and the and musicians. So, but there's a certain way that they need the that you need to play the bass, yeah, on. Pretty much all of that stuff yep. that um, I was pretty, I pretty much was ready for, and I think friends, friends of mine like like yourself or whatever that had said, oh yeah, you know that makes sense. Adam getting getting onto that gig, I didn't believe that until after much way after. I was like, oh maybe I am the guy for this gig. Yeah, because I realised when I started playing with him that I you know I totally am into this same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and we can play really. We can play loud. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, it, it goes back to what you said earlier too about you know, like midnight oil is in your DNA. It is right? very much and, so. And there's also something that um, Pete Peter Garrett wrote too was you know one thing they and 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 um, Marcel, your wife shared this on Facebook yeah. the other day. Yeah. You know, one of the the quote was is that you it's primal. Yeah. From you, you know, so they obviously saw that. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, you're yeah, not just this I, technical. Ca- and I've always said this about you too. Like, you know, you, you. I I haven't seen a bass player play like you play. Oh, thank you, man. I thought I'd take you can that play. You can play anything, and you know, you're just a. Yeah, you're just a. You're an old soul, man. Thanks, brother. Mm. I I literally try to. Pull it from the deepest place that I can. Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, like the. That's where I feel like we should all be pulling it from. Um, certain gigs don't really doesn't make any sense to to bleed for the music. You know, like you might just doing like a party set on a corporate or a, a, a wedding or something. But at the same time, like if you can find the point where. What you do it makes you dig a bit deeper. Like you know, like I really want to make these people dance. Yeah, yeah. I really want to make these people sing. 
I really want to make these people laugh. I really want to make these people cry. doesn't matter how you get there, whether you're just like funny on the mic <laughs> or you're completely kick-ass, got the the rhythm that people can't can't not dance to yeah. or you sing songs that just tear them to shreds. You know, at least you always try to pull that from the from the as deep as you get get it from as deep as you can. Um learn the fucking rep tape. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's you know, it's 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 actually pretty simple. You know, if you love music, um give it give it a really good go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like I never felt more like I'd been rewarded for that by getting the that gig mm. because it came as a result of my interaction, my normal interactions with my friends mm. and my favourite musos, you know, who now we we're still playing, we're still doing stuff. So there's little there's a th- three gigs that happen late night, late Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday nights up at Lazy's mm. from about midnight, um, and it's three different trios that. We sort of have rocking, but it's all the same, same crew. Pliner's in there, Daniel March is in there, Declan's in there, Shane Tunney's in there. Mm. Uh, I was taught to on the Saturday night. Mm. Uh, it's Third Eye Lazy Cat on the Friday night and just recently Dark Star, which is me and Marchie and um, and Declan. Mm. They're doing a funk, kind of a rock, funk rock, yeah, cool. blues kind of thing. Um, Lazy Cat's the sort of um, – Bring your edibles, gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and Toru is, is let's dance yeah, and sing it. and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, we, you know, but we're we're all interchanging. You know, we all sort of got different stuff on, so everyone's sort of interchanging. But that's the sort of that's the lay of it at the moment. Yeah. So the gig that I had, I remember I was listening, so attempting not to repeat myself from last time. Yeah. That I used to have. A regular gig there. It was the week after Steve Hunter's regular gig at Lazy Bones. Right, right. Um, on the Tuesday, the fourth. We were the. He was the third Tuesday. We were the fourth Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and then COVID. Um, that, that was the Alma presents. The Alma yeah, music presents. So yeah. that, that's done now, or yeah. Well, know? it's sort of transformed into this into this subject. late night thing now. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and it's it's because it started because I wanted to sort of play with these musicians that I wasn't getting to play with. These musicians that I loved and and singer songwriters that I really loved, and sort of just giving us a stage because um, Craig from Lazy Bones was generous enough to go. I, whatever you bring in here, you you're good. Just yeah, you know, you come and do your thing here. Yeah, cool. And um, and so over that, you know, over this long period of time that we've been involved, um, where we got to the end of COVID, we start, we were the first gig up at Lazy Bones out of the first COVID lockdowns. Third Eye Lazy Cat. Yeah. Playing to ten people, yeah, and because um, that was all we could have in there. Bitch, the bitch, they never bought the live stream, though, did they? No, they didn't. No, no, no. You know what? They didn't support us in the so live that, stream. That, that, so I get, I get fucking full time name on the door for that. You do actually, right? Stevie. You do. <laughs> now you mention it, you actually do. Um. So yeah, you know the, the that's all sort of morphed into after all this time, um, me with those guys sort of doing these late nights and. We all kind of do 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 all our other stuff and that, and I've been away a lot this year because I've yeah. been on tour. And, yeah. But um, I sort of walked home straight back into it, all of that stuff, and it's just beautiful to kind of be back in with the bros. And it's interesting and, you say that because you, I mean, you had that big fin- the oil finale gig at Horden. Yeah. Um, the third October. Yeah, that, and that was a 
Was it? It was a Sunday, I think. It was, it was a Monday. It was a Monday. It yes. was because I was at the second biggest ticket in town. What was that? David Jones playing at the Seymour Centre. Oh right, doing a solo thing, oh. solo drum thing. Oh, okay. Me and Glenn Wilson went and went and watched that. Yeah, right, right. But I, but then I remember seeing. I don't know if it might have been the next night, a video popped up or a picture popped up of you. Planet Lazy Bones. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, like, I'd been seeing photos all day of, yeah, it, like, all your friends congratulating on you on the oils thing, you know, yeah, yeah. rightly so. Mm. And then there was another photo or video of you, you know, standing downstairs at back to your Lazy Bones thing. And it's fucking cool, man. Oh, yeah. Seeing that, you know? Well, you know, it's the part of my sort of local life is important to me. I yeah, love yeah. where we live and where we're, you know, where I'm sort of involved the places that I'm connected to, um, what I'm able to do in the, you know, Marrickville in itself is sort of a suburb that we've I've decided we've raising our family in, and yeah, um, it's become a really cool place to live. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, good food, you know, good music, and I've got friends here. Yeah, a lot of artists. Yeah. You know, it's a very high. I think it might even be the highest concentration of like artists in in uh, the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife at least, at least my one wife. of these places, one of the places that has it anyway. But it's definitely a vibing area, and for us to be sort of so kind of in sync with the the development of it yeah. from a cultural perspective, like you know, musically, um, and trying to kind of contribute to the community in in the way that. I, you know, that's the, in doing the thing that I do basically, which is play music. I yeah. Guess. My wife said to me tonight, oh, so um, who are you interviewing tonight? I said, oh, Adam Ventura. And I said, oh, yeah. She said, oh, it's good. Um, so where's he? I said, Marrickville. I said, you're going to Marrickville again? You're going back to Marrickville? I said, you want to move to Marrickville, don't you? <laughs> Apparently a lot of people want to move to yeah. Marrickville. Yeah. Look, we, you know, we, it's, yeah, we, we moved here. It wasn't quite what it, what it is now. It was, we've been here for about 12 years. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a great, it's just all these venues popping up and it's sort of, there's more happening and it's mm. sort of like, as long as, you know, the gentrification sort of, sort of is rocking, is picking up too. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that doesn't sort of wipe, wipe it out. But then again, maybe, maybe we'll be lucky, you know, mm. there's a lot of big build, a lot of big apartment blocks going up, but mm. there's also a few like music venues popping up as well. That's so. Cool. And it's um it's pretty cool. I've sort of played at all of them now. So, mm. and I straight after literally straight after the oils, yeah, I I kind of went straight back into because we were home. Yeah, yeah. If I'm home, I'm going to do what I do at home. You know, I might, and I do. You know, it is crazy sometimes to kind of go from. Sometimes I go from really big shows to really small shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, big venue to like a tiny venue or. A beer garden or whatever, you know, yeah. like I just, I know, I, like I said before, like I sort of, it, there's the, the, the feedback that you get is different. Obviously, you know, don't have thousands of screaming people and a massive sound or anything, but it's still the same process for me, like the same, you know, it's still, yeah, yeah. You, you, you play a song and people, hopefully, people kind of return that, that energy. To you, and you play them another song. Yeah, it's a, it's a credit to your your humility, man. That, oh, that you right. can, you know, play the last ever Oils gig, four hour set or whatever. You know, packed Horden, 
you know, the wor- the world's basically watching, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, next day you you you're back at Lazy Bones doing your thing. I mean, you could have easily basked in that glory and you yeah, know, you're still gonna pay gone the rent, out. mate. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the rent don't stop, bro. Yeah, that's it. No. Just, just on the so the um now that the oils thing has uh, is done, mm. um, have there been opportunity opportunities besides besides that um the the festival you did in the weekend? Yeah, is there anything else that's come um, about from that? Yeah, or? yeah. There's yeah, people seem to be keen to you know. I always want to to mention the mention the 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 band that I've been working with. You know, like it's definitely become more of a thing that people are are wanting to sort of sell their gig on or something. A little oh bit. no, no, I didn't mean that. Oh, well, yeah. that's like a, I never thought of that. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, as in getting getting, getting more getting new more stuff with them or hookups with other people. Yeah, or people that have. Yeah, look, there's 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 been a whole pile of things that have kind of boiled up out of that. The weekend that festival was definitely due to probably not only sort of my reputation professionally, but also my connections and who I've worked with, who I'd worked with previously, Mm. and what I've done in and around. So, you know, I had good. Good connections mm. there, you know. That was really cool. And, um, you know, other things have come out just from like, you know, little sessions with crew and just going, oh, wow, I'm working with this person, I'm working with that person. You know, things have just, a few things have popped up, but nothing that's like outside of kind of what I already do, but it's just been quite cool. It's things have definitely shifted a little bit. Mm. Um, and, you know, people, they're quite, they seem to be a lot more happy to see me these days sometimes. Mm. <laughs> I was, yeah. yeah, I was absent for a bit, you know, and I was doing this huge thing and then you come back and they're like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. Mm. So, you know, like I, you know, I sort of appreciate that, you know, it's definitely been some kind of leg up, I suppose, in terms of, mm. like, you know, as somebody that doesn't really send a CV around. It was one, it of the things, one of the things you go, it's good for the CV. It's like, yeah, yeah. got a CV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, which obviously. Yeah, listen listen to these two episodes of the Gig Life podcast. Yeah, that's, yeah, all, that's <laughs> all you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stevie's got it on lock. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's there's there, I'm doing a couple of things for Sydney Festival, but they were kind of things that were happening. sort of, yeah, were happening, but um, there's, there seems to be a good, Will towards it since having done that, you know that the gig, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very much back working with my main things I was working with before. Yep. Um, because those were things that I'm very close to, like yeah. Karen Andrews and um, or you'll be third eye laser cat is now in the mix there very much so. Yep. Um, sort of been writing music for a, a bunch of different things. Or you'll be um got a track signed to. Um, uh, a, a part of Defected Records, one of the biggest house labels in the world, and we had a track out, Karen, a collaboration with Karen. Yep. Um, sort of going to work on some more stuff in in that vein as well with That's Oyobi cool. and and um and you know we've got a whole bunch of other collaborations sort of sort of lining up. You know, people that we met along the way and people that I've recently met as mm-hmm. well and. 
um, that we're all sort of starting to kind of do. And then the laser cat's been a really cool, really cool sort of thing because it's really specific and not many people can kind of do that. You know, literally just go, let's do a gig where we just make it up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we tend to we tend to do all right. You know, we sing every now and again, but yep. you know. We kind of see the crowds a bit like, whoa, this is getting pretty full on. Imagine, imagine Third Eye Lazy Cat and God Tet one, good gig. one stage. Imagine that. It'd be a good gig, man. Fuck. Yeah, uh, totally, man. Absolutely. Bring your edibles. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that, – that's, uh, yeah, all those things we've sort of been working, you know, that I've been working towards previous to yep. are still in place – um, things got put on hold, obviously, because I was was working. Yeah. Um, but that's what happens, you know. Like you kind of, you know, if you've got kind of both focuses going on, you've got like you've got to make that money, and then you've got to, I got to make that art too. Yeah, gotcha. And um, and both have to give at different times. Um, mostly the art gives <laughs> to the money. <laughs> Um, especially after the whole COVID couple yeah, of years, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we, you know, that's that was a that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm super positive right now. Um, I love seeing there's spots pop popping up in Sydney now. Yeah. Post COVID, post lockout laws, yeah. which I was obviously spewing about <laughs> last time I was we were talked about. Would, it. Well, that's what I was. That, I was mm. listening to that part in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think you started that with "Don't get me started." Oh, I know, I know. I was, I was very angry about it, and I mean, yeah. you know, look, you know, COVID definitely took the sh- took the shine off that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, in recovery, the I feel like the city will bounce back. Is bouncing back? Yep. Beautifully, and we've got a really f- fucking shitty decade to 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 better ourselves mm. and. I think that was kind of where we left it actually last time was talking about how we are kind of responsible for kind of creating the scene that we want to play in. Yep. We could create, try to hook up with the people that you that you dig um, or at least work alongside them or, or you know, um, and, and, you know, be conscious of that we are, you are what you eat, you know, like. You know, listen to good music, eat yeah. good food, and uh, you'll play good music and poo good. <laughs> <laughs> Profound. No, you know, we we can create a better place, a better scene. You know, and it's 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 happening. It's like everyone's really pumped to be back. That's what I noticed when we started playing back again after being after the music in the world stopping. Every festival and gig all over the place, you know, yeah. um, was that when we came, like I swore when I came back, I was like, oh my God, you know, like everyone's sort of retraining and other things and, you know, it's kind of mm. gone, we're out and, you know. Hey, hang on, the word was pivot. Pivoting, yes. Everyone pivoted. Well, I didn't yeah. pivot very well. I couldn't, <laughs> I didn't, wasn't able to pivot. <laughs> I, you know, like I, I, I was, I did some other things, yeah. but I, um, I just wanted to, Know that when I I was like when I come back I was gonna be ready so I played a lot of music you know played a lot of guitar practiced a lot mm. you know and sort of did stuff around my house and just to get to that back to 
the gigging part. And as yeah. soon as we could get together again, we were back in the studio again. And, yeah. and then as soon as we were gigging, starting to gig properly again, you just noticed everyone had such a good vibe. Crowd, bands, everyone. Like yep. we were just all, you know, I'm still there. I'm still there. Literally, I'm stoked every time I do a gig mm-hmm. because I'm just like, oh, wow, like we had this taken we had this taken away from us, not once but twice, and both times we weren't sure exactly what was, <laughs> yeah. what, where, where, where it was going to end up. <laughs> and, you know, to, to be back where, you know, I've been doing such, you know, these amazing things and then I come home and I'm back into my regular kind of thing. I'm very grateful and appreciative, man, you know, that we are, that's where we, this is where we are now compared to where we were before, yeah. you know. Hell of a lot's happened since the last time I spoke to you, Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my man. Yeah. Adam Ventura. Look forward to doing this again in four more years. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Yeah, who knows? I wonder what we'll be up to. Yeah, no, I'm into it. Let's go. Brother. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. See you, bro. Right.